0: as we always do every year our theme in the first month is consecration and so some of this you've heard before some of it you may not but we want to go over it and just remind ourselves uh, what it is that we want to try and achieve this month to set the tone amen for 2023 we know that we will have challenges we know the devil is going to try and come and take away our joy we know the devil is going to try and come and take away our peace so we have to put on the whole armor of god right Amen. We have to and that is the word. Amen. So one of the things we want to do is to in this time this month in the 3 weeks that are that we are going to be starting is to draw near to God. Amen. Joshua told the people, "Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you." When we consecrate ourselves, that is separate ourselves unto the Lord, that gives the Lord the opportunity to work with us. He's not wanting to bless everybody. He's wanting to bless those who are obedient and are willing to follow him. So what is consecration? Well, it means to set apart for the use or by purification. It's to set apart for holy use. I want to be set apart that God can use me. I don't know about you. I'm sure that you have that same desire to be set apart, to be used by the master. There's nothing better or greater than if we're used by God. Is there anything better than that? Amen. If we're used by God. On top of that, there's so many benefits uh, with being consecrated. And I know that that sometimes has a, a strange uh, sound like you're trying to be holier than somebody else. No. No, I'm not trying to be holier than somebody else. I'm just trying to be pleasing to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's what I want to be pleasing in his sight. And to do that, we have to consecrate. That means separate ourselves from some things. Now, admittedly, it's hard when we still have to go to work. We still have to live amongst this world. And Jesus said he didn't want us to be taken out of it yet. But he did say, keep them. God can keep you even in a polluted world. God can keep you even when they're all around you is a big mess. God can do it. Amen. He kept Joseph in prison, right? He kept, he kept Jacob in Lebanon. And he can keep us in Milwaukee. I know every night we hear some, some terrible news. Someone's gotten shot, some, some crime, some terrible news that is going on. But he has promised that he's going to be able to keep us. Amen. So we're going to look at Consecration and and see what some of the benefits are and what we plan to do this month to draw near and set the tone for 2023. So, consecration has two main purposes there's an inward and an outward purpose. So, we can ask the question, Well, why should I be consecrated? I mean, I've got the Holy Spirit, I pray. But there is a time that you should be set apart. In the New Testament, it's specially designated Paul and Barnabas be set apart. It said, consecrate to me Paul and Barnabas. Why? Because there was a special work that they were going to have to do. If God's going to use you for a special work, he wants to set you apart. He said, consecrate to me, Paul and Barnabas. It wasn't that the other people in the church had any uh, problem necessarily, but when God has a special job for you, a special calling for you, you, he wants to separate you. Isn't that something? And that's the time sometimes when we feel alone, but it's because God is separating us out for a special purpose or a special calling. So tonight I want to go through seven reasons for consecration, or as another word for it, what would be another word for consecration. Sanctification, right? Set apart. Amen. So let's look at some of the things that consecration will do for you. It prepares you for an unknown future. When you don't know what's going to happen, it's best to be consecrated. When you don't know what 2023 is going to bring, it's best to be consecrated, to be separated. It prepares you for an unknown future. We're going to look at all seven of these things in detail, but I want to highlight them right now. Consecration or um, sanctification, whatever you want to call it, but being, being um, aware of a time of devotion to God prepares you for an unknown future. The second thing it does, it pre- prepares you to stand before Two. Inward to God and outward to your enemies. When you're consecrated, you can stand before God with a clean heart. And you can also stand before your enemies prepared for battle. So it prepares you to stand inwardly before God and outwardly towards men. The third thing it does, it purifies your motivations it purifies your motivations so that we're not doing this because we want to be holier than somebody or or elevated, but because we want, as I said, our relationship with God to be be closer. Amen. I want to be closer to God. Amen. I want to be so close that he, He, like Abraham says, calls me His friend. Because if you're that close to God, He says, I'm not going to do anything before I tell my friend. God will be your friend when you're that close. But if we're far away and you don't have a conversation, you don't know what's going on, right? If you're close to your friend, you know what's going on in their life. God wants us to be so close that he will be able to tell us and warn us ahead of time before things happen. So consecration purifies your motivations. Consecration also averts God's judgment and brings God's presence it enhances that relationship consecration also makes the spiritually weak strong amen it's it's a time of actually physically maybe not so much but spiritually a lot it spiritually makes the weak strong consecration is our way to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in the Old Testament, the way they consecrated symbolically things was they would what? Sprinkle the blood. Today, it's through the blood symbolically that Christ shed on Calvary allows us to draw near. Amen. In Hebrews, it says having our hearts sprinkled. Amen. From a, from a guilty conscience. Amen. Consecration also uh, presents Jesus as our role model. We can study how he started his ministry. The first thing he did after he was baptized, what did he do? He went into the wilderness and did 40 days of consecration. He is our role model. You know, and it seemed at the time I would read it, it says he was led of the wilderness 40 days to be tempted of the devil. It's during this time, Satan will want to come and knock you over because he doesn't want you to have power with God. He doesn't want you to draw near with God. So just be aware of that. But Jesus, our role model, started his ministry with consecration. And that's why we we try and every year at this time for the church as a whole, we want to start 2023 as a church with consecration. Now fasting is part of that, but it's not the only part. And we will be talking about fasting. So consecration involves an anointing. In the Old Testament, we see that... When someone was chosen to be priest, the first thing they were they did was they, they had to wash ceremonially. And then they were anointed with the holy oil. Amen. We know today that that is the Holy Spirit. Amen. We want to be full of the Spirit as we go into 2023. So the inward use, as I said, prepares us to have a, a relationship with God. In Exodus 28, uh, 41, we sees, it says, And thou shalt put... Them upon Aaron thy brother. What he's talking about was the holy garments. The holy garments. What is our garment today? Amen. But more detailedly in the scripture. What does it say we should put on? A garment of praise. Garment of praise. A garment of praise. You know what that tells me? That you can choose to praise. If you can put on a garment of praise, that means you can choose to praise or you can choose not to praise. You can look at your life and get all upset and down and be, you know, complaining and whining or you can put on a garment of praise and just start thanking God. I think that is so powerful. I think that is so powerful to just start thanking God. My message that I was going to preach Sunday, but I changed. It was about gratefulness and how powerful it is to just thank God. I'm, I try and make a point. I really do. I try and take a time out and a conscious effort anytime God does anything for me to thank Him. I just have to stop what I'm doing. I say, Lord, thank you. You, you, just, you just showed up in a crucial time. Amen. You just, you just sent the check right today when I needed it. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So we can put on a garment as part of consecration. Part of consecration then is putting on a garment. We see here that thou shalt put them on Aaron thy brother and his sons with him. And then you shall anoint them and consecrate them. That means pray over them and sanctify them. Set them apart. Once they were consecrated, they were not to be treated as just any old person. They were the high priest and the priests. You couldn't just walk up to them and touch them. You would be in trouble because you're not consecrated. And you would be defiling them. And thou shalt anoint them and consecrate them and sanctify them. So what is all of the consecration and all of this for? So that they may do what? In other words, serve me in the priest's office. We're called to be kings and priests, are we not? Amen. So to effectively do that, we should be consecrated. In fact, the Bible says, "Know ye not that we today are what? The temple. If we understood how much trouble the Jews went through in the Old Testament to make sure that the temple was consecrated, what say about us? And I'm very guilty of this. I'm very guilty of this. I'm going to have to wean myself of news. My, my, my defilement is, is listening to all that news you know, that comes up. Because most of it is not good news, is it? No, no. I really am going to have to... De- to, to and I know my wife is listening, so she's going to check me on this this month. <laughs> She's going to say, okay, you got up and you said you were going to be, be separate from all the news. Okay, so, Sister Brownie, you can be, be, my, be my, my, my accountability. Amen. She's going to tell me, you said you were not going to listen to all of that. news Because it is what comes in. What did Jesus say? Sometimes what comes in comes out. And it can defile because then we tend to speak about it. Right? We tend to speak about it. So thou shalt anoint and consecrate them and sanctify them. The whole purpose of consecration and drawing near to God is so that he can use us. So if you're not being used, what does that tell us? That's right. It means we're not at the place where he can really use us. That's why when he really wanted to use um, Paul and Barnabas, he said, consecrate to me Paul and Barnabas. It wasn't that they were so much better, but they were so much more devoted. Their full-time mindset was to the ministry. Now, God knows all of us can't be, you know, going to wherever it is, Timbuktu. But in this month, what we want to do is do our best to put aside some things that would defile us. So that in 2023, God can use us. Amen? And the inward use of, of consecration is before God we see that thou shall anoint them and consecrate them and sanctify them that they may minister so I can use them. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. I was so pleased and I hope Sister Diane won't be mad at me. She was telling us in the car about all these cards she's been given out. And and I thought that's just awesome. Something as little as that God can use to minister. She said yeah, people said they were going to come. Amen. It's not a big effort, but God wants to use us. And the more we are consecrated, the more we are sensitive to the Spirit, and then He'll guide us to who to hand the cards out to. Amen. Amen. So the reason for inward consecration is so that God can use us. Now there's an inward preparation. Exodus 19.20 tells us about the time when the people had come out of Egypt. They had had journeyed for 46 years. Days since the Passover and they'd, they'd reached Mount Sinai and this was the momentous 50th day was coming when God was going to come down on the mountain and there was going to be a closeness between God and the people And but the Lord said listen they can't come as they are I am a holy God God is perfection personified right so he can't not that he um, doesn't want to come close to you but he can't Because if perfection comes next to imperfection, something's got to give. And it won't be God. (laughs) It will be us. The imperfect would be destroyed by the perfect. So God told Moses, listen, if they're going to come, they're going to have to sanctify themselves. They're going to have to put off some of the the, the stuff that they've been used to, the common. Because God is not common. God is unique. God is supreme. As I've said before, if I asked you to give me an attribute of a cow, I know this sounds silly, you'd have a hard time coming up with a unique attribute, right? If you said it had legs, horses have legs, dogs have legs. Can anyone name me a unique attribute of a cow? Well, there's Sister Alexis. Well, that's true, but there are some goats that do that too. The point I'm making before you all give me all kinds of stuff is that the attributes that we are are so common that it is very hard to tie down any one thing. But when you come to God's attributes, they are unique. When you say immortal, name me some other thing that's immortal, only God. When you say omnificent, that means knows everything, omniscient. Is only God. So only God's attributes are unique. That's why he said, listen, you can't come close to me anytime you want because my perfection, even though I don't intend it to kill you, will kill you. So he told Moses, sanctify, consecrate the people. Let them first wash their clothes because God is first of all pure. Wash their clothes and be ready against the third day. Now this whole chapter is actually a clue in my view, to the second coming, to the timing of the second coming, because it says be ready against the third day. For the third day, what will happen? The Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. Well, we're coming up to the third day pretty soon, right? Pretty soon. I have to teach that lesson again about when Jesus died. So, there's an inward preparation. If you want to draw close to God, you're going to have to do something. You can't just walk up. That's why sometimes we wonder. Again, another reason why our prayers are not fully answered is because we're not really consecrated. We have to shout at God from a long way off. (laughs) We can't get close to Him. We have to get close to Him. See, now I said that the, the seven things that consecration does is first, there's an inward preparation there is also a preparation, I said, for what? An unknown future. Like if we went back to the beginning, to January 3rd of 2022, can you think of some things that happened this year that was totally surprising to you that happened? Yeah. You had no idea that was going to happen. You had no clue that was going to happen. In fact, if you wish you could go back and, and change some stuff. So the way we're going to do that is to be consecrated because consecration prepares for an unknown future. Let me explain that. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 1, they had come up to the Jordan, finally, and they were about to cross over into the promised land. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass, again, here's that number. You see that God has given us little clues three days before they went into the promised land. It came to pass, after three days, that the officers went through the host and they commanded the people, saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests of the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. They're telling them, when you see the Ark start to move, that's when you start to move. Yet, you can't come too close to the ark. You're going to have to leave a space. Now, what does the ark represent? Who does the ark represent? Jesus. Jesus. Remember, what was on top of the ark? What was it called? Cherubim. Cherubim, But what was the cherubim part of? The mercy seat. Yet, nobody was allowed to sit down in it. Until we get to the resurrection, right? And when the, when the, I think it was Mary went into the tomb or John went into the tomb, what did he see? Angel at the head, of, it was the symbol of the mercy seat. It was at the mercy seat and then it says, now Christ is, sit, is sitting down. Sitting down on the right hand of the Father. You, that's what it symbolizes. So the ark represented Jesus, the presence of God. It said, yet there shall be a space between you. He crossed over before us. In John 14, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Therefore, I'm going away. Symbolized in this scripture is the ark crossing first into the promised land. The people were told they had to stay 2,000 cubits back. In other words, there's that number again, the two days back. 2,000 years if you want to. Make it explicit. By measure, come not near unto it, that he may know the way by which he may go. In fact, when Jesus arose, because he was in the office of high priest, when Mary first came, she was about to touch him. She said, you can't touch me yet. Because I have not yet fulfilled my role as high priest. I have not ascended yet. She wasn't allowed to touch him. It wasn't until seven days later, when he was in the the upper room when he said to Thomas, you can touch me now. You see, because he had been consecrated for the for the symbolic role of taking his blood into the holy place. So this is why consecration prepares us for an unknown future. I don't know what's going to happen in 2023. And I, th- I think if most of us did, you know what we'd do? We'd go in our house, shut the door, lock the, lock the thing and stay there we'd call up on the internet and have all the food delivered. <laughs> See, God is so merciful. He doesn't tell us all the stuff that, that's going to happen in 2023. But we can be prepared for it by consecration. We can be prepared for it by consecration. Paul was warned, right? Because he was consecrated, they were going somewhere and the Holy Spirit said, don't go there. Don't go there. Now, the scripture doesn't explain why, but it prepares us for an unknown future. We don't know all the things that are going to happen. As I said, if we did, we'd probably just (laughs) go in the room, shut the door, and just call up everything and order it through the the keyhole, right? And just stay in there. Because if we could see some of the stuff, we would probably just do that. So now, I said that it does an inward preparation. It does a preparation for an unknown future. But it also prepares us to fight. It also, there is an outward preparation. One of the preparations they had to do before crossing over was they had to be circumcised. Joshua was told, listen, and at that time the Lord said to Joshua, make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. Why was that? Why did they have to be circumcised? Because the first generation had died out. All the children that had been born since they first did that, leaving Egypt, had died out. Everyone who was 20 years old and above had died out because of their unbelief. So all of the children that had been born since the the male children had not been circumcised. And the circumcision represented a covenant with God. You're not going to cross over without you being in a covenant with God, without you being sanctified and in a covenant with God. And it wasn't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a pleasant thing, I'm sure. I, I don't want to go into it in too much detail, but as men, you understand what I'm talking about. Just the thought. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. That was symbolically an outward preparation that was a consecration, but today we have to have the circumcision of the heart, right What does that mean when with the circumcision? It was something that was that was painful it took some 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 willingness they didn't have um, all of the uh, pain killing drugs that we have today where they can just numb up stuff you know if you're going for a for a tooth extraction, they just numb you up and uh, pull it out. But that wasn't what they had that back then. You had to just grin and bear it, right? Probably all they did was give you certain kind of um, barks to chew and some other stuff. But there is, there is a sacrifice with an outward preparation. Now, what's the reason for the outward preparation as, uh, in consecration? Well, let's look at this. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. The Bible tells us why. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the way after they came out of Egypt. They all died because of their unbelief. They never made it. And their children whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them by the way. And the Lord said unto Joshua, after they did this circumcision, because they renewed the covenant, the Lord then said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off of you. See, when we, when we come to God and we are consecrated, He rolls away all of 2022's messes. He's going to take away all of the past, all of the, the failures, all of the mess. When we are circumcised in the heart, that's what God does. Wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day when they did that God renewed the covenant with the children of Israel so the reason for the outward was to renew the covenant without consecration for the outward then they would not be able to well let me just let me just tell you the story. see God had told them listen this is what you do when you when you go to Jericho because it's the very first city you're going to fight. Everything inside of Jericho, because it's the first, belongs to me. I am going to give you the victory. You stand no chance of winning against Jericho. Jericho had walls that chariots could ride on. It was, it, was, it was a very highly fortified city. But God told him this, listen, I'm going to give you Jericho. And in fact, to prove it, you're not even really going to have to fight. All you're going to have to do is Shout. All you have to do is call my name. All you're going to have to do is shout. But the children of Israel were unfaithful in regard to the devoted. In other words, the consecrated things. The things that had been consecrated to be used by God in the tabernacle, the gold and the silver. And one guy looked at it and said, you know, nobody will miss this little bit. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah, took some of them. He took some of the consecrated stuff which he shouldn't have. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel. So here's what happens when you don't respect consecration. You're not going to win. You're going to lose each battle you go into. So they went up through the people, about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai. The next little city, little little village, beat them up. And they lost 36 men Because of a lack of consecration. Because this one man decided he would get the stuff for himself. And they were routed by the men of Ai, and they killed about 36 of them. See, without consecration, we're not going to stand against the enemy. He's going to be able to whip us. Without respecting the consecrated things, that's what happens. They were routed by the men of Ai, who killed about 36 of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. So that's why consecration is also important for the outward. And so to face the enemy and win, we need to be consecrated. So Joshua didn't know what had happened. So he, he, he was very distressed and he asked God, Why has this happened? Why, why are now we losing against this little city? Yet we, we defeated Jericho. Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the consecrated things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. That is why Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. So if you're looking for why you're being defeated, uh, don't have to look far. Have you, have you been consecrated? Are you consecrated? If you want to win in 2023, we have to be consecrated. We have to make sure that we're not taking stuff that belongs to God. Right? His due. That's why you, they could not stand. They, they turned their backs and run because they've been made liable to destruction. When we, when we don't stay in God's protection, then Satan can get to us. Unless you destroy whatever amongst you is devoted to destruction. Now you say, well, that's all Old Testament. That's Old Testament. That's not relevant in the New Testament. Well, let's look at some New Testament examples of this. And we see that without consecration, they lacked power. The disciples And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And what's, wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples, and they should cast him out, and they could not. And they were perplexed because they had had success in other circumstances. But what God was showing here, or what Jesus showed, is that there are different kinds of spirits. And some of them are not afraid of us unless you have a certain level of consecration. Let's look at this. When Jesus saw the people come came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and desperate, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried. Now this spirit was a really something else, because it fought. It fought even Jesus. I charge thee, come out of him, and enter him no more. And the spirit cried and rent him sore. But in the end, it had to come out. And he was as one dead, insomuch as many said he is dead. but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And of course, after the disciples wanted to know, well, why couldn't we do this? And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, "Why could we not cast him out?" And he said unto them, "This kind. See, some of us may be facing this kind in 2023, right? There is a this kind that you're not going to just necessarily pray one time and it happened. Why could we not cast him out? And he said unto him, This kind cometh forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. In in other words, a time of consecration. A time of consecration. See, there are different kinds of spirits and some are worse than others. Jesus made that plain when he talked about the man whose house was cleaned. Right? Right? And the spirit went and got seven more that were worse. So there are different kinds of spirits and some are worse than others. This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. So consecration always gives us the power over the enemy. Consecration, I said, also purifies our motivation. Matthew 5, 8 says what? Blessed are the pure in heart for what? Do you want to see God? Yes. It's only someone who has a pure spirit. You know, it's not always thinking bad about people. That's not the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear something. It's something negative. No um um Job was one of those people. Here here's what Job this shows you what consecration can do. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. So it was that when the days of feasting had run their course, that Job would send and sanctify his children. He would pray for them. He would would have them consecrated. And he would rise up early in the morning, and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. In other words... It was in his thinking about consecration. What I'm trying to tell you is that in this month, we need to be thinking about consecration. Not thinking about the bills, not thinking about, yes, those things are going to be there. You know, it's like the time when Jesus calls somebody and says, "Uh, I want to follow you, but I need to go and look at this land. I want to follow you, but I need to go do this first. I want to follow you, but... Jesus won't take a but. No. He wants your first, best acceptance. So consecration will purify our thinking. Consecration will get our minds more centered upon what God wants of us in 2023. We see this example in Job. His mind was always... In a prayerful, I need to consecrate. I need to pray for my sons. I need to pray for my family. Because who knows what, they're, what they've been up to. Who knows what they... He was always in that prayerful mood. So consecration will make you be more prayerful in your mind as well. Amen. And that, I've told you that consecration is one of the seven things that consecration and sanctification does. Is it averts judgment it averts judgment. It stops judgment. Isn't that something? Probably the greatest example of that is in the book of Jonah. You know the story, that the Ninevites, as I've told you before, were the ISIS of their day. They were a terrible, fierce, unforgiving people. When they conquered people, their, their main method of killing them was to skin them and put them on poles. They were the ISIS of their day. And so you can understand when God said to Jonah, why don't you go and preach to those people? Be like telling us to go to Syria and go preach to ISIS. Any volunteers? <laughs> so we can't be too hard on Jonah, right? Most of us might have taken the ship and the plane and got on the train uh, and, and, and tried to get away. But you can't really get away from the presence of God, can you? So you all know the story well of how Jonah ran away, and but God brought him back. And in fact, Jesus used the story of Jonah as a sign of the end times. He says, Jonah was in the belly of the whale. Again, here's that number again, th- three days. So shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. But Jonah went and he finally preached to the ISIS of his day, and then something spectacular and completely unexpected happened. You ever, you ever witnessed to somebody you thought, that's hopeless, <laughs> they're not going to come, or they're not going to, and they actually show up, or they, you know, sometimes, and I'm guilty of this, it's one of the things I'm going to have to change, sometimes we look at people, and we write them off, and we say, well, I don't know about witnessing to them, they're not even listening to me. But Jonah, because of the circumstances, repented in the belly of the whale, and, and or in the fish, I should say. And it took him to the land of Nineveh, and he started to preach repentance. And I'm sure it was a shock to Jonah, because he was hoping they wouldn't repent. He wanted judgment to fall upon them. So Jonah arose and went into Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three, day, three days' journey. Do you notice something? We'll have to teach on that. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Now this is an example of where consecration, sanctification, fasting changed the outcome. Because what did the people do? They repented. So the people of Nineveh, and this is what I was saying Sunday, What moves God is not our need, our circumstance, but it's our belief. So the people of Nineveh believed, believed God. Maybe someone had witnessed this man coming out of a fish. Maybe some word had got that this was supernatural. Believed God, and what did they do? They proclaimed a fast and put on mourning sackcloth and ashes, from the greatest of them even to the least of them. This is what moved God because Nineveh deserved judgment. They were a terrible, terrible people. They deserved judgment. But because they believed and repented, for the word came unto the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. These were not even people that that worshipped Jehovah, but they believed the word of the prophet that Jehovah was going to bring judgment, and they repented, asked for mercy, and fasted, and sought God. And he caused to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything, let them not feed nor drink water. So they did a, a total fast. They got serious. They believed judgment was coming to Nineveh. And judgment was coming to Nineveh. But because of the whole people repenting, in other words, consecrating, consecrating themselves, God delayed judgment on Nineveh. And Nineveh survived another 150 years. Till that generation passed out. It wasn't until 150 years later that Nineveh did get finally destroyed. But that judgment was averted due to consecration amen averting judgment also brings god's presence joel 2:15 says blow the trumpet in zion sanctify a fast call a solemn assembly gather the people Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth out of his chamber. And the bride out of her closet. Let the priests and the ministers of the Lord weep. Between the porch and the altar. And let them say, spare thy people, O Lord. And give not thine heritage to reproach. That the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say amongst the people, where is their God? In Joel, he, he was outlining the fact that Israel could be destroyed. you know there's many times when I, when I pray, I pray for the whole church and I say, Lord, don't don't remove our candlestick. I want our candlestick to still be there. See consecration and true repentance and sanctification not only averts judgment but it also invites God's presence. And then I said that consecration makes the weak stronger, didn't I? Consecration makes the weak stronger. Hebrews 7.23 says, And there were truly many priests. He's speaking about now the new covenant and how in the Old Testament they had to be consecrated. But they had to keep doing it. They They had to keep sprinkling the blood because, of course, Scripture says the blood of bulls and goats could not permanently remove sin. And truly there were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. The priests could not live forever because each one, because they were human, died. But this man, speaking about Jesus, let's say this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, and this is the verse, he is able also to save them, that's me and you, to the uttermost that come to God by Him, seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. That's why you can pray. That's why you can call Jesus. That's why you can get on your knees and say, Jesus, help me. Because right now our high priest ever liveth to make intercession for them. But this is not the verse I want you to to, to really get. It's part of it. For by one offering... He hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. As long as we will continue to be sanctified and separate, God looks at us as perfect. Let's read it again. For by one offering, that is His flesh, He hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. On Sunday, Sunday, I was talking with my grandson and I, I was, we, we mentioned the word eternal. And I forgot who asked him, do you know what eternal means? And at first he kind of looked around. But that's what this is saying. Forever. God counts us as perfect because, not because of us, but because of his sacrifice. If, if we keep ourselves separate. That's all we're asked to do. All we're asked to do this year is to withdraw ourselves a little bit from this world so He can pour into us blessing, that we can be His ministers, that we can be His servants, that we can be the called, that we can be the chosen, that we can be the elect. For by one offering He hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Amen. I want to be sanctified. I I want that one offering to be on me. I want to be that vessel of honor. Amen. 2 Timothy 2.20 says, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and vessels of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge, in other words, consecrate himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, I mean, separated and fit or meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. You know, we probably all look in the mirror and think we're pretty, pretty good. <laughs> we pray, we, we come to church, we pay our tithes, we, we do stuff. But you know, in all honesty, when we measure ourselves against what the word says, we still have a ways to go. If a man therefore or woman purge himself, in other words, consecrate himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meat fit for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. You see, we are supposed to be the firstborn. Remember, when they first went over into, into uh, Canaan, the first city they came to, God told them, everything in there belongs to me. Everything in there belongs to me. The first child, ma- male child, belongs to me. And they were they were able to redeem that child by paying an offering. So the Bible tells us that we are the church of the what? Firstborn. But the firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb, and if thou redeem him not, thou shalt break his neck. All the firstborn of thy sons thou shalt redeem, and none shall appear before me empty. What God was setting up in, in, in a ceremonial form in the Old Testament was this idea that the first of everything belongs to him. We're in the first month of 2023. Let's make sure that we do our best to focus on him. If we do, if we do, if we will do what the word has been telling us, we will reap a harvest this year. Amen. We will be stronger. We will avert judgment. We will be closer. We will be happier. Amen. While the world is going crazy, while our circumstance might still be bad, we can still put on that garment of praise. We can still receive that anointing oil, which is the Holy Spirit. Amen. And God will find us a vessel of honor that he can use. That's what all these ceremonies, especially this was. God was trying to set up the the symbol of the first always belonging to him. The first belongs to God. We see this again in in Samuel and Hannah, right? She she was barren and she would come to the temple and pray and pray and pray. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life and there shall no razor come upon his head. And you know this story. Eli thought she was drunk or something was wrong with her. And he spoke to her and then he told her, because of what you've prayed, God is going to do it. Then Eli answered and said, go in peace. The God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. If we will promise God to give the best of ourself this month, I believe that he will give the best of himself the rest of this year. Amen. Paul, I believe in Acts 20, said, listen, everything I have I've given to God, so I'm not worried because nobody can break into his house, <laughs> right? If everything we have is God's, it's secure, yes. it is safe. So as you know the story, she came and she, she bore the child Samuel and he was used by God as, as one of the greatest prophets of Israel. For this child I prayed and the Lord hath given me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord as long as he liveth he shall be lent to the Lord and she worshiped the Lord. Amen. 1 Corinthians 6.19 and I quoted this earlier tells us this is not our body anyway. Right? Once Once we went down into that water and took on the name of Jesus and were filled with the spirit this is not our body anyway. Knowing not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you which you have of God, and shall you are not your own, for ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. If we would just remember that in January that this temple belongs to him, everything I do should give him glory, or at least not bring defilement, right? If we could remember that, we will be successful in 2023. I have to be thinking about how I say that because I want to say 2022. But we are the church of the firstborn. And just as in Galatians it says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. We don't have to bring uh, our turtle doves and our goats and our chickens. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So we are the firstborn. That means we belong to him by right. By right. We belong to him. And that's why it is phrased in the New Testament as a husband and wife relationship. Husbands, love your wife. Even if Christ loved the church and gave himself for it that he, he might sanctify. He gave himself so that he could separate, sanctify, consecrate, and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word what I'm doing tonight not me but the word is actually doing a sanctification is actually doing what I'm telling you to do if you will take this word and plant it in your heart see Jesus made a point and I really didn't talk too much about fasting but Jesus made a point to the devil because he had been fasting 40 days and he made this point he said man shall what? No, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. If you could stand with me. God's vessels must be consecrated. I'll read what I started. And thou shalt put on them on Aaron and thy brother and his sons with him, and shall anoint them and consecrate them. And sanctify set them apart. That they may minister unto me in the priest's office. They represented God's ministers. Exodus 29 33. And they shall eat those things wherewith the atonement was made. They, were, they could only eat certain things too. They couldn't eat any old thing. They could only eat things that had also been consecrated to consecrate and to sanctify them. But a stranger shall not eat thereof because they are holy. In the New Testament, Paul makes reference to this. He says that, listen, we have a bread and an altar that a lot of people don't even know about. You see, only the priests could eat the consecrated bread. And Paul was saying, we have some consecrated bread that people don't know about, that we can eat. You know that is? The Word of God. Hallelujah. The Word of God. Amen. The Word of God. Because defilement stops the work. Defilement stops the work. So the the priest was not allowed to go near anything that defiled, even if it was a close relative that died. He was not allowed to go near and, and touch the body. Neither shall he go into any dead body, nor defile himself for his father or for his mother. Neither shall he go out of the sanctuary, nor profane the sanctuary of his God. Why? For the crown of anointing. Of his God is upon him. If we have the crown of anointing, if we will put on that crown of anointing this month, God will do awesome things in 2023. God will do awesome things in 2023. I absolutely believe that, and I'm talking to myself too. We need to draw closer to God. Our official 21 days starts um, Sunday or, or Monday, whichever one you choose. Please pick up a, a brochure over there, which will go into all the different types. We're not, you know, if you if you can do nothing but stay off of uh, social media, that's a fast. Amen. I'm going to have to try and stay off of news because I'm a news junkie. But all that stuff can defile you. Amen. We want to make sure that in this month that we become vessels of honor, fit. For the master's use that in 2023 he uses you, 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 you and me more than he has ever used us. Wouldn't that be something if he uses us to be soul winners, to be his disciples, to spread his word that he uses in such a a powerful way. So defilement stops the word. We, We can't get into anything dead. We can't go beside some dead works which is, means a lack of faith in, in, in our terms today. In the Old Testament, they couldn't get next to dead bodies. Today, Paul says dead works. That means things that are unfruitful, things that defile us, things that are based on lack of faith. We've got to stay away from those things. Amen. It says, neither shall you go out of the sanctuary. Now, we know we have to go home, but we can make this sanctuary be the place where Jesus dwells all the time, 24-7, right? Like 7-11, right? We don't want to close that. The fire in the, in the tabernacle, the menorah, was never to go out. They had a priest on duty 24-7. So that he kept on putting that oil. We got to make sure that we kept, keep getting that oil and that anointing. So that we are full of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm telling you in 2023, there's going to be some things that want to take away your faith. To take away your joy. But start with putting on that garment of praise. Amen. Amen. Start worshiping and let that Holy Spirit flow. Paul says, stir up the gift. Stir up that gift. How do you stir it up? By worshiping and starting to thank God and have a conversation with Him and say, Lord, I'm giving you this month. I'm going to make sure that this month that you are first in everything I do. That I'm going to check with you before I I do anything. Amen. And if we will do that, if we will put God first, Amen. He says He's going to call our name not not out in the street, but in the halls of heaven, our name will be called. Hallelujah. If you could bow your hearts with me, Father, we thank you tonight for your word. Oh God, let this word wash us, let it sanctify us, let us, our faith, oh God, be raised, oh God, as we come before your throne this month, Lord, as we give you this month, Lord God, as the first month of this year, Lord God, let this, oh God, change us, let us be Uh, vessels meet for your kingdom, Lord, that you can use us mightily, Lord, that we will be able to overcome the wiles of the enemy, Lord, that it will avert judgment, hallelujah, that it will give us strength, Lord God, that we will be your ministers and your servants. Lord, we ask for an anointing that will break every yoke, Lord God, we just thank you right now for your goodness and your love, hallelujah, and we come before your throne with boldness in Jesus' name, because we know that you are able to save to the uttermost, And we thank you, hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Let's give God a praise offering.